This is Power for Living, the Bible teaching ministry of Christ the King Church in Wakefield, Massachusetts. I'm your host, Feliciano Segundo, and our teacher is Father Michael Carl. So get all your Bibles and let's get started. Today our teaching passage is going to be our epistle reading from Colossians chapter 2. The epistle reading starts out, For I want you to know, this is verse 1, by the way. I know we started with verse 6. For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not seen me face to face. Paul, he's saying that to let them know his care for them. You see, he hadn't been to Colossae and he hadn't seen any of those people, but he heard of their faith And he still loved them and cared about them, so he still sent them this message saying, hey, I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea. You see, Laodicea and Colossae were nearby one another, and Paul instructed the people at Colossae to share the letter to the Laodiceans. So Paul cared for them. And this tells us that God will give us the capacity to care about and for people who we haven't seen personally, who we may not have ever met. That's kind of what having a burden for lost souls is like. We don't know all of those people out there, do we? But we know that based on the percentages, a good portion of them are probably lost, right? So if we have a burden for those people, we'd be like Paul. We'd care about people we haven't even seen yet. Through Christ, that's possible. Now, we're going to skip down to verse 16. Paul says, or verse 6 rather, Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Here, Paul is calling them back to faithfulness. He's calling them to return to the faith that they knew at one time. You see, Whatever else you have done or have not done, you have received Christ. If you have received Christ, that counts for a lot. If you haven't done anything else or if you are guilty of a whole bunch of stuff, which most of us probably are, we can have that faith because we have come to faith in Christ. The act of faith was the putting out of your empty hands to receive all the fullness of the Godhead in receiving Christ. There are some precious experiences to which you have not yet attained, some lofty heights to which you have not yet climbed, but you have received Christ Jesus the Lord. That quote is from Charles Spurgeon, but he had one other that was very appropriate to mention it now. Evangelism where he talks about reaching out your hands. Evangelism is one beggar telling another beggar where they can find bread. That's cool, isn't it? Now, Paul here is telling them that because they have experienced Christ, don't forget that. Don't let go of whatever it is you have done once you received Christ. And not only that, he is warning them to tell them to get away from the Gnostics. Remember from when we talked about the Gnostics last week, right? Those were people who 
were heretics, basically. Now, the Gnostics believe in what's called dualism. They believe that the world was divided into the physical and the spiritual realms. The created material world, matter, is evil. And therefore, in opposition to the world of the spirit, and that only the spirit is good. So, physical stuff is evil, the spirit is good, according to the Gnostics. Now, they describe God as incomprehensible and unknowable, which is immediately contrary to the teachings of the gospel, isn't it? Because the gospel tells us we can know the Lord, we can know God through Christ. But they say, no, 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 he's way up there too high, and we can never know this God. The Gnostics also believe that salvation comes through hidden knowledge. And that knowledge, of course, they give Jesus a little credit here. They said that knowledge would come from Jesus, but guess what? They're the only ones who say they knew it. The rest of you are in deep trouble. Now, the Gnostics also believe that because of their beliefs about the physical realm, they could not believe that Jesus actually came in the flesh. Anybody remember the movie Star Wars when R2-D2 flashed that holograph of Princess Leia saying, Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're our only hope? That's what they believed Jesus was. Basically, this spiritual holograph walking about, that he wasn't really there in the flesh, but he was there in spirit. Sort of like this image of a hologram walking around touching people and healing the sick and all that, but they believe that Jesus didn't really come in the flesh. So, Paul is telling the Colossians, stay away from that. And if we remember from the first letter of John, John says, what we have seen from the beginning, what we have touched, and what we have known, this is what I'm telling you about. John was also writing to refute the heresy of the Gnostics. Because he's saying, hey, we saw Jesus. We saw him right there. Not only that, we were able to reach out and touch him. And you can't touch something that's not really there. So Paul and John were in agreement here. Get rid of the Gnostic stuff. It's going to confuse you and, well, basically leave you lost. Okay. He's telling them to continue their growth. And he has these three metaphor words, rooted, built up, and walk. So what he's saying here is, press on, keep going. Remember last week, never give up, never give up, never give up. He's telling them to press on because you came to Christ, don't let go of that. Keep going and you're going to be built up, you're going to be mature, you're going to be well-rooted like the tree that to get the water sends its roots ever deeper. We should be like that. Where if we, once we need more, we've taken what we could get so far. When we are hungry for more, we just get deeper. And we put those roots down even farther so we can know more of Jesus. And then in verse 8, See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. What he's basically telling them is don't get snookered. Don't get cheated. 
Don't fall for the empty promises and the empty words of all those people who claim they've got that secret knowledge. It's empty. It's an empty, hollow shell. Somewhat like on the DMZ between North and South Korea, on the North Korean side of the border, they built this city. And what it is, is basically these gleaming, sparkling looking buildings. There's a problem. Those are only the building fronts. There's not really a city there. But they did that so they could try to get some of the South Koreans to defect to the north. But what that is, is empty. It's a charade. There's no city there, really. And I had to actually look that up to make sure that those guys that were coming from Korea that I met when I was in Okinawa weren't, you know, pulling a fast one over me. So I looked that up to find out. And yes, the North Koreans have actually built empty buildings with empty storefronts so they can try to make it look how glorious and glamorous and prosperous the North is and try to lure some of those people up to the North. But guess what? If they were to defect and go up there, what would they see? How empty those buildings and those cities really were. And that's what Paul is warning the people in Colossae about. Don't get taken in by the empty promises of all those would-be intellectual types. And then in verse 9, all of the fullness of deity dwells bodily in Jesus. That again is Paul telling them, hey, all the fullness of God is available in Christ. That real person who really came and who was really here, who really lived in a physical body, all of God dwelt in him. Why? Because Jesus was God in the flesh. And he didn't have to give up any of his divine nature to come down here and live among us. So, all the fullness of God dwells in Jesus. He fills us up. He makes sure that we are full to the brim. And this, this is sort of like one of those experiments I did with my students a year ago, where we had this bell jar, and we put an air hose in there, and put some air in the top. But then we lowered the bowl into the water. And guess what? The air bubble stayed there and kept the jar from filling up, even though the empty part was going down, we lowered it. The air kept the water from filling it up. So that bowl did not get filled with the water. That's what Paul's telling them about. You have to be filled up with Jesus. Don't let a pocket of gas keep you from being filled with the knowledge of Christ. Don't get lost in all of that stuff because he's going to fill you up. And verse 11, we see, In him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh. The circumcision of Christ. What he's talking about here is not cutting parts of your body. Because when you come to Christ and confess Christ and repent of your sins, he takes hold of your heart. And so you are, figuratively speaking, circumcised in the heart. Verse 12, having been buried with him in baptism in which you were raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God. Here Paul's making a very clear illustration. Buried with him in baptism. It's where once, you're, once you get dunked under and come up, you're supposed to be raised to new life, as in 
you were buried with Christ in baptism, where Christ went down to the grave, and then he rose from the dead and came out. That's what the baptism by full immersion is supposed to illustrate. And then Paul tells him in verse 3, And you were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, but God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses. Paul is repeating a phrase here that he used in the letter to the Ephesians. In chapter 2, verse 1, he talked about you were dead in your sins. Before we came to Christ, that's why that illustration of somebody throwing you a life raft while you're thinking you're going down and sinking, that's why that doesn't work. Because before we came to Christ, we were dead. We were already on the bottom and there was no life ring that would rescue you. Christ came and he's the one who went all the way down there and pulled us back up to the surface to be alive in him. And that's what Paul's talking about there. We were dead in sin, but when we came to Christ, we were raised up from the bottom and brought up to the surface so we could have life. So in Christ, we have life. And then there's verse 14. By canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands, this he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He's canceling our debt. If you have ever watched the news and you've heard some federal court vacated a decision made by a lower court. Have you ever heard that term? The Supreme Court vacated the decision of the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. That's what he's basically he's talking about. It's like that decision was never made. Now it's going back to the way it was. That decision is irrelevant. So now in the same way, he cancels our debt of sin. So it's like we never owed anything. The debt of sin has been canceled. And so we have new life in Christ. Verses 16 through 19, he goes ahead and says, don't get taken in. Don't be deceived by the people who would like to cheat you out of your relationship with Christ. Because with Christ, you have life. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's edition of Power for Living. If you happen to miss any of our other programs, be sure to go to our podcast page at ChristTheKingNorthShore.Podbean.com. And you can also visit our website at www.ctknorthshore.org. If this program has been a blessing, feel free to let us know. Write us at Power for Living, Care of Christ the King Church, 4 Railroad Avenue, Suite 309 in Wakefield, Massachusetts, 01880. Or you can also send us an email at ChristTheKingNorthShore at gmail.com. You can be a part of this gospel ministry by becoming a patron of Power for Living. You can find out how by clicking the Become a Patron button at the top of our podcast page. That's it for this week, and until next time, remember that Jesus is your Power for Living.